the gates and ready to go. The Friday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. That includes this great radio station that you're listening to right now. Wonderful partners and all of you watching at YouTube or at Outkick.com. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Head over there and just search Outkick and you can get all of the shows on demand or live as we go live in the afternoons. But everyone available, podcasts and more at the Outkick channel. We have Mike Gunzelman, The Gun Show, coming on in about an hour and a half. Always brings the energy, plenty to discuss with what he's written over the last week or so at Outkick. Chad, good afternoon. Memorial Day weekend upon us. We're going to go into Memorial Day weekend strong. We're going to close strong this week. I'm already chatting in the YouTube chat, so hit us up there. You can with the Russians? The show or? There. Uh, no Russians yet. So that's, <laughs> look, this is... It's a big weekend. I feel like this is just a great omen that it's going to be a terrific weekend for everyone that I haven't had to deal with any Russians in the YouTube chat yet. This is well, perfect. Yeah, that's yeah, the long weekend ahead of us. Uh, we hope you'll be active in the chat throughout the show. Plenty of topics to hit. Uh, right before we started today's show, DeAndre Hopkins, released by the Arizona Cardinals, they tried to trade him. They tried to move the veteran wideout who missed due to a suspension a year ago. He's also been a little banged up. But when he's on the field, Kyler Murray looked great. And they release him. They get nothing in return. They take a $22.6 million hit on their cap. They're going to save about $8 million by releasing him now. But, Chad, I read into this a couple of different ways. Number one, the Arizona Cardinals, keep in mind, next year in April – they have two first-round picks. They have theirs and the Houston Texans' first-round pick because the Texans moved up to draft Will Anderson. They also knew that there was no chance that DeAndre Hopkins was going to re-sign with them or restructure the contract to make it team-friendly now and then kick the can down the road. Why? Well, because he publicly said he wants to play for a team that is about structure and leadership, and he hasn't had that over the last several years. And he's not wrong either. That also includes the Houston Texans, where Bill O'Brien was the GM slash head coach and traded him to Arizona for pennies on the dollar. And Arizona could not even get that in return in exchange for one of the top wideouts when healthy. Here are the teams that he has mentioned. And it's based on quarterback, but also keep in mind what he said about front office structure and leadership. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Eagles. One great team is about to get even better based on the focus of DeAndre Hopkins wanting to win. The dude is elite. The one-headed catches are on the routine when he's available. And it's part of the reason why Deshaun Watson, back in 2020, decided he was out even before everything off the field happened, was saying that he didn't want to be a part of the Texans organization because they had traded Hopkins a few weeks prior at the deadline. Where do you think he ends up? I've got my theory. I, I want to hear your theory because all the usual suspects were is what's listed, right? What you just ran through, it's okay. Here, who are the contenders? Who has a good quarterback in place? Where would DeAndre Hopkins want to go and both produce, have a great stat line, and win at the highest level in the NFL? So all of the usual suspects are in there. Um, this is a possible Super Bowl swinging move for someone. I mean, when this... Right before we yes. came on, we saw this, that he's, he's available now for anyone to sign. I'm thinking, what does that do for the Vegas odds for the team that signs him for the Super Bowl? It's going to shift it. This is, a, this is a franchise 
shifting move and a league shifting move for whoever signs him, as long as it's one of these teams that are a contender, Hutton, who, what is your theory so on who could possibly sign? One of two. I, I think it's either Baltimore with the investment that they made with Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson earlier this week said the offense that you see in Baltimore is going to be more pass than run compared to the past offenses that we've seen. That's number one. Keep in mind they've got a new offensive coordinator coming in. And more pass than run, you don't really have to do all that much. Just, you know, two or three extra pass plays can make it that way. I get it. So I'm reading into that. He was also rumored to be there even after Odell Beckham Jr. signed. And Odell Beckham Jr. is not a number one wide receiver right now. I think he's better as a two or a three in theory if you've got a veteran wide receiving core. So I'm looking for Baltimore. And then Kansas City because they've lost more than they've gained at the position. And right now they're starting wide receivers and they're going to make everyone look great. Their starting wide receivers are Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toney, and Sky Moore. Those are the three. Mahomes is already talking about making sure that they're able to bring in players he wants to be with and able to make the team great even in years where they're releasing great players, letting them go due to contract and salary cap constraints. I look at Kansas City and Baltimore as the two. And if Baltimore ends up with Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. and what they've done in the draft and you you compare everything and the fact they got their quarterback back Baltimore is, again, right there in contention with Cincinnati in the division. Absolutely. But DeAndre Hopkins with the Chiefs, this is what's crazy about it, even with Odell Beckham Jr. in Baltimore. I hear DeAndre Hopkins to the Chiefs, and I hear cheat code. That's almost unfair when you think of Kelsey, Mahomes, and him. And that's the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. I'm not talking about that with Baltimore. I love Lamar Jackson. He ain't Patrick Mahomes. He's not making a wide receiver that much better. No, he is He is in the regular season. He is. They he's, can, he's a unanimous MVP in the NFL. He is. He's not Patrick Mahomes, and he's not one of the top passers in the league. Not Mahomes, but again, like, it's... But it's, here's what I mean by that. If I'm a receiver, DeAndre Hopkins elevates whatever quarterback he's with. So he's going to elevate Lamar Jackson, who's already a very good quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes, with a guy of that talent... At receiver, that he hasn't, I mean, he had Tyree killed, but this is a very different type of player with DeAndre Hopkins. That seems almost unfair for the National Football League. When I hear Lamar Jackson paired with DeAndre Hopkins, I don't immediately think that's unfair. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to make Lamar Jackson look a lot better. And the Ravens, already a Super Bowl contender, may become the Super Bowl favorite. If you look at Odell Beckham Jr., Lamar Jackson locked in their defense. And they're, they have, they're a team that's going to be right there. And they have cap space right now yeah. to, to do that. There's a wild card team that he hasn't mentioned that I think deserves consideration, and it's the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have cap space, and Jamison Williams is not available for six weeks because he's suspended for betting on college football or something else other than the NFL. That also... Just the world that we're in, though, Hutton, think about that. I, I agree with you as a, likely, as, as a possible spot. DeAndre Hopkins wants to leave Arizona because he wants to win badly, and he would choose the Detroit Lions possibly. But he didn't mention winning. He said he wanted a place with leadership and structure in place up top. And he goes, I haven't had that over the last several years. And several years to me means Houston or Arizona. And they've got that now in Detroit. And they're, they're also in the NFC. The teams I've just rattled off are AFC 
teams except for the Eagles. And production-wise, I think Hopkins means more to a team like the Lions than he does the Eagles compared to what he could bring uh, to both quarterbacks there and the situation that the, the, the Lions are faced with. Jamison Williams, I, I am on, I'm on a seesaw with him right now because on one hand, he bit the bullet and he admitted in front of the media at OTAs this week, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not appealing the suspension. I did it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to move on from this. I realized what I did based uh, was, was in disagreement with the policy in place. But then he also admits that he didn't know the policy for gambling, period. Not just gambling on the NFL, which gets you a, at least an annual suspension, a, a year-long suspension. It's technically listed as indefinite, but from what we know of Calvin Ridley, it's a, a full calendar year. Calvin Ridley played at Alabama. Jamison Williams played at Alabama. And when Calvin Ridley gets suspended for a year for betting on football, I'm immediately thinking there is no way this dude didn't know about the policy. However, I try to give benefit of the doubt. Rocky Arciano is Williams' agent. And Calvin Ridley bet on the NFL. He bet on the Falcons as part of a parlay. Suspended for a year, he's now in Jacksonville, not Atlanta. Meanwhile, Jamison Williams bet on a NASCAR race, for all I know, or bet on where Jordan Spieth would finish at all last year's PGA Championship game. non-NFL event he bet on. Non-NFL, but it happened on NFL property, which includes, if you're on the road, the team bus, the team hotel, the locker room, wherever you are. And... You know, the Fandles and DraftKings and other betting apps that are partnered with the league, they're, they're giving this information over, turning it over, trying to be transparent with the league, a league that got in bed with sports betting, I believe, before they had a clear path with the policy that was going to be in place. However, prior to them taking money from Vegas or any online betting app, there was already a policy in place where you could not be seen at a casino. You couldn't bet on the NFL. It, it was frowned upon. You couldn't even mention betting. The word betting was like, you know, uh, Michael Buffer and one of his catchphrases that you can't say on the radio. Al Michaels would get in trouble because he would hint yes. at a line during NFL games so he was calling the game. It, it's, Brent Musburger, the same thing. I think the vast majority of players know that they can't gamble because even on the road where I would travel with an NFL team, I stayed at a casino one time over a week-long span. The team did not because they did not want to be associated with gambling whatsoever. Now the league is, and Jamison Williams is saying he doesn't understand the policy in place. Uh, there's another report out that the NFL and these apps, there, there could be another a, a, a second tier of suspensions, another wave where another Detroit Lions player, unnamed, could be facing a suspension. Williams is the only player that the Lions had suspended that remains on their roster. And if I'm an NFL agent right now, I am making sure that I'm calling everyone on my list and explaining, don't do anything unless you're at home. And when you're at home, don't bet on the league. That's the main thing. Don't bet on the league because you'll be suspended for a year minimum. Meanwhile, You've got a great player like Jamison Williams who is saying he didn't know, and maybe he didn't because it's very vague on what is team property and what's not. 
And if you're with a crew that's putting money on Alabama because you want to bet on the tide, chances are you're doing that with friends who also played at Bama or they're playing the rival that week, and you're on the bus after, I'm not even saying on the way to the stadium. It could be on a Saturday on the way to the hotel when you land after your chartered flight. You can't get on there and bet. And from here on out, it's on the players and the agents that represent them more than it is the team or the league. Even though I feel like I don't really know that the players feel like it, they've been transparent with the rules in place. So we had Logan Ryan in earlier this week, and he made it sound like we asked about these protocols, rules, everything that goes on. Do you know for sure? And he kind of brushed it off as, oh, yeah, you know, every business has like an online thing they have to do. They like to send you an email and you got to go through HR training and, and all of that. Yeah, and I'm he, sure it's in there. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself. That the NFLPA would send that out. Jamison Williams' ignorance to this rule sounds like that's actually the case. Like it's just in it's their inbox him. and they may have either opened it or not or not done the online training course they had to complete in 42 minutes. But he is the or first. Or whatever it may be. And maybe it's happened last year and I don't recall it. He's the first guy that's a, a known player. There was another player, Barry Hill, on the lines who they cut. Um, who also was underneath this category, but didn't bet on the NFL, but bet on something else while on team property. That's a big difference for me than betting on the games in the league. It's a huge Perception-wise. Yeah, and it's... Look, I said, and people were like, well, you're not going to get across to anyone if you do that, but I think if you bet on the you know, UFC, let's say, right. is what Jameson Williams bet on, could, on, a, yeah. on a Saturday it's on a, a good team example. bus... Yeah. Because the UFC, they're going to watch the UFC event that night yep. as they're going to bed for the game the next day. And they would do that. That deserves a very harsh, hey, this is your only warning. Uh, you cannot do that. With not just in a, He says, well, I only thought NFL was what we couldn't bet on. Not just NFL. You can't do it on team property. I would have been fine with that if the NFL went to all of these people that did not bet on the NFL and said, here's your one warning. Don't do it again. You're going to lose eight games or whatever the number of games would be. I also have a hard time believing that something with this stiff of a punishment that we're seeing with Jamison Williams was not covered at least two or three times by individual teams with their players. Hey, you cannot bet on anything online. They have you geo-tracked. You can't do it if you are on any type of team facility that includes the bus team hotel, anything on the road. You can't do it. But the way Logan made it sound was almost just like, well, it's just kind of part of your, your NFLPA training and what they send you and what they go over it's every year. Day. And I'm not trying to say that the guys shouldn't pay attention to that and know the rules on gambling on their own. Well, and I'm not letting them off the hook on this. I just think that there's a, there's a certain dereliction of duty from the player's agent or the team or someone in this if they weren't told explicitly, you cannot bet on anything on team property ever. Well, if it's there's one, any bit, it's of, one of two things. If there's any bit of surprise to this, that's unacceptable. It's one of two things. It's either the policy was not detailed until after some, you know, uh, some things took place with Ridley. And again, I don't know how minute the details were when Ridley was suspended for the year. But the we were told and. No one has disputed the fact that he bet on the NFL, right? This is different. This is why Williams only received six games. But, Chad, 
uh, the, the fact that he received six games tells me that they, they give zero you-know-whats about uh, a player trying to make an excuse when it comes to this policy. And if I'm the, if I'm the player, if I'm, if I'm a player leader in the NFLPA, I am making sure that every agent that is approved through the NFL Players Association is dead straight with the players about this because it affects the agents just like it affects the player and it affects the team. The teams are going to be antsy about it regardless. But ultimately, it affects their bottom dollar if you're suspended. But keep in mind, DeAndre Hopkins, to tie back in with Williams, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended six weeks for testing positive for Ostering. And Jamison Williams was suspended six weeks because he bet on a sport that wasn't the NFL. They're treating it the exact same way. It is a performing-enhancing drug, according to the NFL. You're, you're on the same plane with them. And I don't understand it at all. That doesn't make any sense. And I just have to believe that someone was just beating this over their head, saying, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. Th- this level of surprise about it, to me, is shocking. Well, but but the, NFL, the NFL for decades... What would, they, what would they say, Chad, if, we, if you had a topic about Vegas, the NFL in Vegas? They would tell you to stop. You wouldn't take phone calls locally about it. Your team's not moving to Vegas because the NFL has nothing to do with gambling whatsoever. And all of a sudden, it's a 180, and it's all about that because that's where the dollars are, especially during COVID. Everyone's sitting at home, and you've got UFC on. There's only a handful of things that were available to you, but... The betting apps were launching while everything went legal state to state, and they were spending money in different states. And the NFL jumped on that early. If I was an agent of any establishment, if I was an agent that had a good client list in the past and could be a little bit choosy on my clients, I would have a rule about if I'm going to represent you, I'm going to go into your phone and delete any app that you have that's sports wagering while you're, while you're my client, while you're playing. We're not going to take the chance based on what's happening now. You can't have it. You can bet when you're done playing. That may sound like a, an authoritarian government that, hey, this is a freedom that all other Americans have. I, I don't care because you can't get popped for a half a season because you bet on a mixed martial arts fight on a team bus. We're not even going to take the chance on that happening. Yeah. If it's going to be this severe, I believe it. I think it's ridiculous it's this severe. I think it should have been a harsh warning to these players, not an eight-game suspension over not betting on the NFL. But if I'm an agent that's got any pool and I can be choosy with my clients, that's a stipulation I'm laying out there. I, I want I want to side with the league on this, though, thinking it, there are there already has been a harsh warning prior to this because there's not like you have 25 to 50 players that are involved in this the, the betting news, right? It's been like what six or seven guys now. So the fact that the, the league has roughly 2,000, 2,500 players and you've got six or seven guys who are a part of this and they're arguing, I mean, I, I want to think that the harsh reality was already laid down prior to it and someone was sleeping through a meeting, but maybe not. But from here on forward, agents got to let their guys know. Yeah. And teams especially. Chad, in England, an English soccer player was suspended for 15 months for accepting 232 breaches of the Football Association's rules on betting. Um, he had already been hit with an eight-month ban, or excuse me, a 15-month ban. Then a, a psychiatrist, a psychiatry expert, diagnosed him as a gambling addict. And 
his suspension was reduced to eight months, not 15. So, I mean, think about the world we're in now. Yeah, I mean, he, what he did was he, he, he's, he pled insanity. In, in but, terms of what you can't do in betting and sports, he committed murder. And this is like a murderer pleading insanity and getting off with it because that's what happened. He, but he, they, he did bet they on let, they, they reduced his sentence based on a plea of insanity. He is insanely addicted to gambling. So for that reason, he, didn't, he wasn't in his right mind. He didn't know what he was doing. So we're going to diminish his, his punishment. Devon Tony is his name. But he's, he, he's only competed in one game uh, within the, the recent aspect of this story. And he says the games that he bet on, or the matches he, he placed money on, did, did, have, uh, did not include any of the matches that he participated in, that one match. Well, it also is reported that he bet against his team yes. in games he wasn't playing in those 13 different times. Uh, Pete Rose should have pled gambling addiction And maybe he'd be back in baseball. That dude only bet on his team to win. 13 bets in seven different matches to lose, but all losing outcomes. Yes. Pete Rose never bet against his team. And if he, back in, you know, when he got popped for this, you know, no one really took mental health or addiction or anything that seriously. But if he got popped for it today and was betting on his team, he could cast the plea of, I'm a gambling addict. And he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame right now. And baseball would welcome back in, with open arms. Davey Hudson brought this to our attention knowing that we were going to talk about Williams today. I, well, I really respect Ivan Tony because the fact that you're going to – I'm assuming he did not think he was going to play and he believes in himself that much that they're not putting me on the field. <laughs> so we're just going to lose. I'm like, all right, man, I, I respect it. Uh, tip of the cap. Yeah, but I know this is a match I'm not going to participate in, and these losers out there, it's like Jack Parkman in Major League Two, and he's like, I'm a winner, you're all losers, and I'm, I'm tired of being on a team full of losers. He has 63 goals and 111 appearances, so it's not like he's a practice squad player. Not bad. Uh, yeah, but he bet on Brentford to lose, and they're now supporting him. The club will do everything possible to provide support to him and his family. <laughs> That's where we're headed, Chad. Yeah, hey. Look, there's legitimate addictions. I'm not, you know, trying to deny that. But if you can find the right psychologist to agree with your diagnosis, your self-diagnosis, these types of things can happen. You can have your sentence reduced. Coming up, we've never seen a team come down from 03 to win a series. Boston may just do that all of a sudden against Miami. Chad's got uh, big thoughts they're, on that. They're favored by Vegas to do that right now. And they open the series. It's never happened before. Heavy favorite to win the title. And now all of a sudden, we're back on the Celtics bandwagon somehow. Uh, Also, Pat McAfee should be calling Dave Portnoy for advice. Details next on Hot Mike. Hope all of you are already on your way to Memorial Day weekend. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Thank you to the family of those military men and women who gave the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of our country. Chad, Boston, all of a sudden they're showing life. And not just showing life, but they're clearly the better team than the Miami Heat. But this is almost a reverse course on what I saw from game three, based on what I've seen from games four and five against Miami, where when the Celtics hit from beyond the arc, they're not going to lose that night. 
Yeah. And when it, they miss, they just tank. It's just crazy that, you know, we're, we're talking about a down 3-0. They're resting starters in the fourth quarter. They're getting blown out so much. Grant Williams going nose-to-nose with Jimmy Butler, talking trash with him. Jimmy Butler comes back and wins game two in Boston before that. And the Celtics are dead after a, a dominant Game 7 performance at home against the Sixers. Now suddenly they're dead and buried. And all of a sudden, over the course of, what, three days, you know, mm-hmm. the Game game uh, f- three, or sorry, Game 4 and then Game 5 back home, they take care of business in Game 4, look really good in Miami, go back home, they dominate. Really, that game wasn't that close late in the no. game. Celtics win easily. And here we are. The NBA is the only professional sports league to never, ever, which blows people's minds, mine when I heard this, have had a team erase a 3 nothing deficit and win a series. All the playoff series, all the seven-game series in NBA history, not one single team has come from behind down 3-0 to win a series. So the Boston Celtics went from punchline to possible history over the course of a few, few short days. And here's what's nuts about all this. They're favored on the road in game six in Miami. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite at FanDuel right now. Win that game and go back home, they're definitely going to be the favorite to win game seven at home. But here's the crazy thing. We could thing. be looking at history. They were favored in the first three games, too. The, to my knowledge, oh, the not, only I'm time Miami saying, was favored was game four. I'm not saying that Vegas has been right about this series the entire time. I'm just merely stating that it's not like they're going – yeah. Back to Miami for the slaughter, at least on paper. Well, now the pressure's on the heat. The eight seed. It. The pressure is on the eight seed to close it out now. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. And and I, to me, championships and success go in waves, city to city. If you just think about who's been successful and who hasn't over the years. Um, here's Florida, and specifically this area of Florida, where they right now, Chad, you've got Miami with a chance to go to the NBA Finals as an eight seed. And the Florida Panthers... And they're technically they're not the eight seed in the NHL. They're headed to the Stanley Cup final because the NHL now does this four tier, four pod playoff system. But they have the worst record of any team going into the postseason, and they've already advanced to the Stanley Cup final. They're awaiting uh, the winner of Golden, or excuse me, the uh, the Golden Knights and uh, Stars. Yeah, yeah, and I, I believe Vegas leads three games to one in that. Uh, point being, you've got the Florida Panthers and the Miami Heat rolling. Miami's one went away. I do. I still think playoff Jimmy is a factor in Game Six and closes it out. Yeah, I I, I still lean Heat winning the series, but um, it's it's impossible not to look at it and see You're right. possible history being made. Similar run to Tampa teams, you know, with the the Bucks winning. We're talking about with Florida. Yes, and then and the with, Lightning uh, with the Lightning winning, and the then the Rays year. made it to the World Series. Yeah. And how crazy is Florida's it? Hot right now. How crazy is it that the, the you could play that bad in Game Three to where everyone knew they just threw in the towel to then turn around and win two straight from the mentality of that locker room then where the coach is standing up saying it was yeah it's on me I didn't have them ready to go like seriously and all of a sudden I, I, I now, mocked that by Missoula and we all mocked it when he said it but it, it, he took the bullet he took the bullet and it's worked since. I mean, I can't, you know, ignore yeah. the result since he said that. I think it's ridiculous that the, you know, young coach who's younger than some of the players, younger than Al Horford, has to stand up and act like it's my fault these professional athletes weren't ready for the game, weren't excited about playing in the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever it was. But he took the he 
He took the blame, and it's worked since then. Ben Mintz is going to be on the show with us on Tuesday, back from the long weekend. Mincy, formerly of Barstool, Wake Up Mincy, uh, fired by Penn Entertainment due to a racial slur that he used while reading lyrics, rapping lyrics on his show on Barstool, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And in the moment, watching the clip, and you can see it at outkick.com, Chad, it's, it's obvious that he, he knew what had happened it was an honest mistake, but also incredibly stupid. And from Barstool's end of it, I thought, well, suspension at worst. And that had to be what he was thinking, too. And then Penn Entertainment, which now owns Barstool, sold by Dave Portnoy to Penn Entertainment. They got rid of him based on pressure through government agencies that could keep Penn Entertainment from being licensed to game in certain states across the, the eastern uh, side of the, the country. But, and that was coming from them. That came from Portnoy. Portnoy says that he and Big Cat had Mincy's back on this. Uh, meanwhile, you haven't heard much from Mincy, period. He's not trying to play the victim in this. But at the same time, uh, the vast majority of the reaction has been on Mincy's side. Because I think if you know the situation... It just doesn't add up to other situations that have been relevant to this point. And Penn, they cratered to the pressure of the government in Massachusetts and other, spot, other spots that were specifically mentioning not licensing Barstool because they didn't like Barstool. And for a, a site that is anti-cancel culture because they do and say whatever they want, it was the exact opposite in the way they treated one of their employees for two and a half years. That's, I can't wait to chat with him on Tuesday about it. Plus, get his thoughts on some SEC headlines because he's a massive Southeastern Conference fan. Yeah, it'll be good to talk to him next week. And this story's got a lot of layers to it. Several. It, it killed Dave Portnoy. It killed Erica Nardini, the CEO. It, it killed Barstool Big Cat, uh, Dan Katz over this. And how do I know that? They said it. I mean, they, uh, they all but rolled their parent company under the bus and said, this is, this is them. This is big, bad corporate America making this decision. I think it's stupid. I know Mincy. I know he's a good guy. I know it was an honest mistake. We didn't want to fire him. He feels awful about it. Um, there is a bug right in my face right now. Um, it, it's terrible. I mean, look, it, it's, it, it's terrible for this reason. When you are an entrepreneur like Dave Portnoy, wh whether you like Barstool or not, Irrelevant. Dave Portnoy built an empire out of nothing with his own idea, with what he wanted to do, and he did it exactly the way he wanted to do it. And when he did exactly the way he wanted to do it, he built Barstool into this hybrid sports fan, bro culture, hot girl, just massive hit that made a ton of money. And then he, he sold out. You know, he's, he's laughing about people calling him a sellout, but he, but he did sell, he no, sold he admitted, out. No, he admitted that he did. Yeah, he, he sold out. I he's mean, laughing because he he's like, you money. think I don't know I, I, I sold out? Yes, yeah. I sold out. And we knew whenever we sold that we couldn't say things like this. Yeah, of And course. it still crushes him. Yeah, it, it, it does. And look, I'm not, this is not me, you know, I'm not some anti-capitalist that's saying he shouldn't have sold out or taken the money or any of that. He, he did what he wanted to do with that. $551 million. But this is what, this is again the byproduct of what happens when 
companies like a barstool answer to a corporate overlord. And there's a tie in here with, with Pat. By the way, Dave Portnoy may not be at Barstool when his contract's up. He's, he's talked about that. That's not a given that he stays with the company, given everything that's going on, which Barstool without Dave Portnoy would be a huge blow to Barstool. Well, it's, not, it's not Barstool. It's not the value of the $551 million for Barstool that Penn paid uh, is Dave Portnoy. It starts there, and then it's Big Cat, PFT, and others, uh, KFC. And look, it, so it's about the brand that you purchased versus the brand that you're backing. And I'm, and it's, it, they're, you they're, bring up a good point, Hutton, because when Dave Portnoy leaves, or if he leaves... Which would be in January of 2025. He says 20 months. The way he described it makes me think he's counting down the months. He said 20 months his contract is up. 20 months from now, I believe, is January 2025. And with that in mind, he didn't just name a year. He gave a very specific answer on when it's up. With Penn. The value of, of Barstool is way less without Dave, yes. Dave Portnoy. And, and Dave Portnoy is going to take so many of his loyal followers and all the stoolies out there. He's going to take them with him wherever he goes and whatever he does next. So, But it's not the value of Barstool. It's the value of Penn Entertainment that goes down. Yes. Because but, Portnoy's brand the, remains. Portnoy's brand remains, but the Barstool brand, yeah, which just, is a big part of Penn National, takes the hit. But Barstool in, in and of itself... Is, is just the name itself. But the branding goes with Portnoy and others that have been there and that have built it up to what it is. So Barstool 2.0 becomes that much more valuable and you bring back everybody that, you know, Penn got rid of based on what they said online. But at least publicly, this thing started to unravel. Why? Because they fired one of his friends that he loved and yep. loved working at Barstool. Yep. And he stood up on the conference room table and said, do not do this. This is stupid. I don't want you to do it. I'm going to crush you for doing it if you do. And they did it anyway. But Penn has also because backed Portnoy with allegations over the last year and a half. Because Yes, but because they're his bosses. Let me get to the tie-in on Pat McAfee. And this is may, we may not have enough time for it right here. Pat McAfee is going to be in a similar situation to ESPN at some point, likely. Yes. One of his guys are going to say something. They're going to cross a boss the wrong way at Disney ESPN or something's going to go down. And one of his new boss at ESPN is going to say, this guy must be fired. One of the guys on his show, not good enough. We don't like him. He was disrespectful. He said some word we don't like. He talked about someone we don't like. Get rid of him. And Pat McAfee, another entrepreneur, strong-headed guy that knows what he wants, knows the content he wants to put out every day, knows exactly what he wants to do. He's not going to take that news lying down. And it's, this is a possible precursor for what's to come. I truly believe Barstool, Portnoy, and Penn National, Penn Entertainment, you could see some similarities with, with Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee Show, Disney, ESPN at some point. Again, don't know. But McAfee's not nearly great. as controversial as Barstool. Not nearly as controversial, but... The it, others could be in what you're saying with him. It, it doesn't have to be controversy even. Like I said, it could be they said something wrong to a boss or made a joke at a party they didn't like. And they're going to come and say, you need to fire this guy who's been your buddy and who's been with you from day one on your show when you were in a garage doing well, it. And he's, and he's not going to want to do it. He's, al- he's already viewed as the guy who gets what's reported to be $10 million a year 
during a time where Disney laid off 7,000 employees and cut $5 billion in, in money, in revenue, and in, he just, in salary. He does not strike me as a guy that's going to be like, okay, yeah, you're right, Disney. Let's get rid of all these guys. You're right. I, I took no, the money but, from you. Do whatever you want. He's not going to do that. But I don't know how ESPN lands him if that's the within a week and a half, that's the headline. Is you know they're they're upset. There's already people disgruntled with McAfee about all this. What do you mean? Well, the headline is they're disgruntled based on the fact that Disney cut salary. Right? They cut cost by oh, five yeah. billion, and a big chunk of that was ESPN employees who are now the ones that remain were friends with the people who lost their jobs. And you've got the McAfee and and crew coming in, and and by by all rights, I mean that ESPN needs Pat McAfee. So I don't. I don't think it, it's the same as Barstool and Penn, where Penn came in and bought everything. They bought a chunk of it, and then they purchased the rest of it. To me, this is ESPN buying a piece of it with the option to buy the rest of it. Yeah. You didn't hear about this whenever Penn was investing in Barstool. Now Penn no, owns No, but it's them. just it, to me, it's a very bad business move by Penn. If we're just going to go back oh, to the initial yeah. decision, like, just don't— I why, agree. Why do you make Dave Portnoy mad? But, I mean, you want him there as long as possible, well, knowing that that's the value of the brand with everything that went on. Well, exactly. But that's that's you know this. You got to know you got to know people better and know how Dave Portnoy is going to respond to that and react to that when he's hemmed up in a corner, and you you fire one of his well, guys. But, but the, the the optic again. I am a I am a realist at heart. It's very black and white with me. It's very um, what I see is what I perceived to be the truth okay mincy is a white southerner who's an Ole miss fan and he wasn't really a stoolie whenever he joined barstool and was hired on i think this was used as an example and it came back to bite them because Bar- barstool led by portnoy and big cat had his back not just behind the scenes but publicly yeah, and then all the stoolies uh, but, are backing Mincy, as they should in this, because if you saw it, instead of just hear about it or read a headline, it's, not, it's, it's a terrible mistake, but it's not a fireable mistake. I don't think there's it illy, was, it, it was to pin, No it, ill pin intent. Based on the pressure of the government agencies that are handing out the licenses for pin entertainment. And that, that Portnoy has admitted that. That was the reason why. Portnoy also said, I told them this is a mistake. I, t- I, I told them that he can apologize. He feels awful about it. He's not a bad guy. You are making a big mistake. Penn Entertainment should listen to Dave Portnoy. And I'm sure they do on a number of things. But this is an issue. And I, I just, happy for Pat McAfee. Think he's great. Think the show's great. Do we think Disney's going to listen to Pat McAfee? On all these issues, if they go and say, we got to fire this guy and your staff because he said this or did this, the answer is no. Disney's not going to do no. it. Disney puppeteers ESPN. They're going to fire whoever they want and, and say, deal with it to Pat McAfee, just like, which is an even more extreme version because Penn Entertainment is not Disney. Uh, it's not at that size. And even they went against Dave Portnoy, the guy who is the brand of Barstool. Right. And, yeah. and told him, you know, shove off. We're going to fire the guy. We don't care what you say. Which prompted Dave Portnoy to go on every outlet they have and do everything but curse out everyone at, at Penn Entertainment. And, uh, yeah, and he'll con- I just, look, continue I, I to do that. I don't want to be just, you know, doomsday scenario type guy with the whole McAfee experiment. 
I'm just simply pointing out these are the possible pitfalls that we could see with this deal also. Chad, um, I've always imagined if someone opened the emergency door, the hatch, on a plane while I'm in the middle of a flight, let's just say from here to New York for going to Fox, right? Um, what I saw in a video captured by a couple of uh, passengers because some idiot opened a door. When, I come, when we come back, I want to play this and get your reaction to it because it's not nearly what I expected it to be, but also terrifying in the same breath. Uh, the emergency door being open mid-flight. That's next on Hot Mike. Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network, 6th and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can search out Outkick if you're not already uh, part of that. Hope you'll subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Join us in the chat daily. How about Colin coming with the Red Hot Chili Peppers? That's a new one. Yeah, that's a, that's and speaking, a new of, selection. Uh, speaking of airplanes, so the emergency exit door, it's latched and then it's like buckled in almost. Uh, and I'm thinking about the cabin pressure, and everyone knows the announcements that's made, right, by the flight attendants prior to takeoff. A man on Asiana Airlines was arrested for opening the emergency exit door while the plane was 700 feet in the air before landing. Um, <laughs> Chad, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to laugh, but the oh, photo is just like the woman's scarf just blowing well, uncontrollably, and she's just sitting there. And, and she's in the exit row, and... I'm thinking, and as I see this, it's both terrifying, but also like much calmer than I would have expected that that door opened in the air. Um, this is, is, you think Hollywood has hyped this up too much for me, or is this I like... Think, I think so. 700 feet up in the air is far different from cruising, very close, cruising yeah. altitude. Sure. Uh, so if you're like mid-flight and you're up, then I think if you're right there, you're going to get sucked out. I, I do think Hollywood probably gets that right. You said Asiana Airlines? Yeah. When I hear Asiana Airlines, I think of the fictional Oceanic Airlines flight from Lost. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in that uh, fictional plane crash, the door comes open or something rips off and immediately... Everyone's a, sucked a out of there. A woman you know, gets sucked out and flies right. out the door. Yeah, out the window, not the door. Right, flies completely <laughs> out of the plane. So I, I did have memories of that when I saw it. Um, it's, this is a little bit encouraging, though, if someone goes nuts... I agree. It opens it up at 700 feet at least. You're not going to fly out. It's also encouraging to me. I, if you're willing to be an idiot like this and open the open that door. you got to be jailed. At seven, oh, he was arrested. Okay, good. I don't know what happened to him. Um, so, but... Depending it, on where he was, I also think it, he may have been executed. How, <laughs> fair. Uh, <laughs> Singapore, they'll it, kill you for that. Is it uh, refreshing to know? I don't know the, the word to use. Uh, comforting to know that... If this guy tried this at 33,000 feet, that he, the pressure on the outside probably wouldn't have allowed him to open the door to begin with. Like, this is the, the, this is the height where he was actually now strong enough to get the door open. That gives me some comfort. Because I, I would I, be way more freaked yeah. out if this was just something that anyone could pull off mid-flight at a cruising altitude at its height. That would make me scared. But to know that the pressure is so much you can't open it, I don't know. I don't I'm know that to that. be true. I'm just. I want to think that now. Oh, well, I am going to think it. Here's what I'm going to do. It's in my head now. 
And that's what I'm going to. That's always, what I'm going to believe when I'm up in the air. I'm always no going one to could think ever about open this door. Asiana Airlines, though, now whenever I see the emergency door close. And I suddenly want to go back and rewatch Lost after hearing the, the story. scarf with the woman sitting next to the emergency exit row. Well, because she's just so still, she looks calm. I know she, as the scarf <laughs> is blown because she's just blown back in the seat. That, it's funny. Come on, that part of it's funny. Yeah, she lived 700 feet. Get over. We it. think it's funny. Coming up, headlines, including YouTube giving a big update on the NFL season pass.